This podcast details true crime cases. It contains adult themes and may contain descriptions of violence. It is not intended for children. Listener discretion is advised. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of Once Upon a Crime. We're in the series, The 12 Crimes of Christmas. During this holiday season, I've decided to share a few true crime stories that are a bit more fun in nature, so as not to harsh your holiday buzz. Last week, I told you about some very bad Santas who turned to a life of crime. This week, I've got a hodgepodge of holiday-related true crime stories, from outrageous to amusing, to share with you. I'll also be sharing some holiday greetings from some of my podcast friends. Some you may recognize, and others may be new to you. So make sure to jot down the names of those to check out and subscribe to. This is Chapter 2, Holiday Hijinks. admit it, I'm not a big fan of holiday shopping. Threading my way through traffic, fighting for a parking spot, wading through crowds of shoppers at the mall, and hauling back loads of shopping bags is really not my cup of tea. I do more and more of it online to avoid all of those things. I really just try and do one all-encompassing shopping trip to my nearby outlet mall early in the month of December to cross it off my list of things to do. I'd much rather spend the time sitting in front of the fireplace, drinking a glass of wine or a cup of spiked eggnog, and just hanging out and relaxing. But I know some people who absolutely love holiday shopping. They go armed with a list, know how to find the best deals, and just seem to get a real kick out of scoring that $200 big screen TV or whatever. And for these people, the best day of all is Black Friday. As you may or may not know, Black Friday is now a yearly tradition for many hardcore holiday shoppers, at least in the United States, where we love extreme everything. Black Friday could be called the Olympics for holiday bargain hunters. Beginning early on the morning of the day after Thanksgiving, or now in some instances at midnight, shoppers flock to department stores and malls that offer drastically reduced prices on everything from clothes to appliances to toys and more, for one day only. Well, you can only imagine what kind of stampede happens on this day. It's like people lose their natural minds when they hear 75% off of pajama sets or 60% off of DVD players, and I'm like, okay. So here are some of the most over-the-top Black Friday stories I've come across this year. In 2011, at a Walmart store in Los Angeles, California, a mother of three was hell-bent on getting one of those deeply discounted game systems, an Xbox 360. As a crowd of people began pushing towards the stack of game consoles, she decided to take matters into her own hands to try and secure one for herself. She pulled out a can of pepper spray and sprayed the crowd in order to keep them back. Twenty people suffered injuries, half with burning eyes, pain, and temporary blindness from the pepper spray, and the others from injuries sustained in the subsequent panic to get away from the noxious fumes. The woman fled the store immediately afterwards, perhaps realizing her overreaction might lead to an arrest. She and her three children were seen quickly leaving the store. Police reviewed store surveillance camera tapes to try and identify her, but she was able to get away. In 2013, in a Walmart store in West Memphis, Arkansas, fights broke out among customers on Black Friday over items like television sets and towels. Some of the violence was captured by customers on cell phone cameras. The store was offering a set of towels for sale at $1.28 each, 
and a stampede occurred when customers began pushing and shoving their way to try and grab as many set of towels from the stack as possible. Walmart employees can be seen in the video distancing themselves from the crazed customers as they rip towels off the shelves. One tall man begins reaching down into a bin of towels and flinging them back over his head into the crowd that is trying to push their way to the sale items. It's not clear if he was simply trying to keep crowds from shoving against each other and possibly injuring one another, or if he was looking for a specific color of towel and rejecting the rest by throwing them out of the way. That same year, an incident was captured on video at a Walmart in North Carolina. Are you seeing a pattern? The video, shared on YouTube, shows a group of people crowded around a stack of boxes containing flat-screen television sets. The customers began pushing one another to grab a box. A moment later, a man can be seen throwing another man to the ground and yanking a second television set out of his hands. There was already one in his cart. While a woman screams, oh my God! Those who are standing in line nearby look over at the fracas, but don't leave their place in line. The man who videotaped the melee reported later that he was thrown out of the store by the management for filming. Bad PR, you know. Women and children look on stunned nearby. Walmart countered these reports of customer violence with a video of their own. In this video, several people are standing in lines on Black Friday, their carts piled high with bargains, talking about the friendly Walmart employees and the fun they've had shopping that evening. At a Houston Walmart in 2014, four people threw themselves on a pile of boxes of $218 50-inch flat-screen TVs and could not be moved. Cops were called and the people were escorted out for their own protection. No arrests were made. In 2012, a fight began inside a Roseville, California mall at the Victoria's Secret store. An employee at the lingerie store reported that shoppers went wild, trying to grab bras, panties, and other items. Some threw merchandise into the air, and a box set hit one woman in the head. Some others in the store were trampled, and a teenage girl got punched in the stomach. At a Victoria's Secret. In El Paso, Texas, shoppers began throwing themselves on items while others shoved to get to the goods when cops were called to break up the chaos. One man would not be deterred and refused to let go of an item even as a police officer approached him to move him away. He took a swing at the officer and two more officers quickly tackled him to the ground, while others, still not wanting to step away from the sale items, were injured when they found themselves too close to the police action. The man was cuffed and taken to jail. But some Walmart shoppers on Black Friday resort to outright stealing. Here's the story of one pair who employed a very unique strategy. In 2014, 27-year-old Gerard Dupree faked a heart attack to distract employees at a Florida Walmart while his friends stole toys from the store. Dupree fell to the ground near an exit, and while employees and shoppers came to his aid, his friend, 30-year-old Tara Scott, wheeled a cart full of items out of the door. After Scott left the store, Dupree calmly got up and left. However, security cameras later would reveal the pair loading a shopping cart with a Barbie motorized car, a Barbie dream house, and a leapfrog tablet worth an estimated $369. Cameras also recorded the faked heart attack and Scott's departure from the store with the goods. Both men were later arrested and charged with grand theft. This last story combines Black Friday madness with our last episode's theme of Bad Santas. 
For this story, I'm not even going to try and write my own account. I'm just going to read verbatim from the New York Daily News account because it's brilliant. In a December 1st, 2014 article written by Jason Molinette titled, Ho, Ho, Woe, Bad Santa Bears Nearly All in Black Friday, Massachusetts Mall Stunt, he reports, Black Friday saw its share of brawls and ballsy behavior. But one bad Santa at a mall outside Boston let it all hang out and got jangled by police for trying to jingle all the way. Eric Watterson, 18, of Lancaster, Mass., was arrested by police after wearing only sneakers, a G-string, and Santa hat over his privates as he waited in line to enter the Solomon Pond Mall in Marlboro just after midnight Friday, the Telegram and Gazette reported. He was met with a chilly reception. Security guards turned the bare-bummed Watterson away, and police nabbed him and charged the college student with open and gross lewdness and disturbing the peace. Crazy. But lest you think that Black Friday is just a mere anomaly, here are some stats. A website called Reviews.org breaks out Black Friday trends and statistics, such as states with the highest chance of Black Friday violence and the most common types of Black Friday violence reported. As of last month, November 2017, the states with the highest percentage of Black Friday violence based on FBI crime data and Black Friday Google search trends were Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, Louisiana, and Nevada. The states with the lowest chance of violence were Maine, Vermont, Connecticut, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. Perhaps New Englanders are just more polite? Who knows? The most common types of incidents reported are people being trampled and shootings tied for first place, followed by pepper spraying. More than a few frenzied shoppers have resorted to pepper spray to gain the upper hand in crowds. Fights, stabbings, and car-related incidents. Finally, stores that have had Black Friday incidents of violence reported are, take a guess, number one, Walmart, with 57% of incidents occurring in that establishment, the mall in general being number two, followed by Toys R Us, Target, Best Buy, and at a lesser reported rate, Kohl's. The website even provides tips for surviving Black Friday. Make a plan and use the buddy system to know where you're going and what to do if you get separated. Carry only what you need to thwart pickpockets. Keep your phone charged and emergency numbers handy and leave if you sense danger. The last tip is to avoid Black Friday altogether, a strategy I always employ. Because hey, Cyber Monday is just a couple of days afterwards, and you can look for all your shopping deals online in the safety and comfort of your own home. This is Christy from Canadian True Crime, and I'd like to wish Esther and all the listeners of Once Upon a Crime a happy and safe festive season. This is the captain from True Crime Garage wishing everybody a happy holidays. Cheers. Hey there. This is Erica Kelly of Southern Fried True Crime, wishing y'all a wonderful holiday season and best wishes for a happy new year. Okay, let's get out of the shopping malls and check out some other holiday hijinks, shall we? I've been hearing more stories in the last few years of holiday decorations going missing in residential neighborhoods. It seems some can be real grinches. Perhaps they hate seasonal decor and want to eliminate it from their view. Or perhaps they want it to brighten up their Grinch caves. Whatever the reason, it's a terrible person who would steal someone else's Christmas decorations. And some are really not very smart about it. Like, take these mental midgets. 
In 2014, Jeremy Llewellyn, 18, and his 42-year-old wife, Carrie Carley, yes, you heard that correctly, were arrested for stealing their neighbor's Christmas decorations from their yard. Llewellyn and Carly then proceeded to put said decorations in their own yard, next door. Llewellyn, a resident of Colorado Springs, had been driving around town taking decorations from several homes, then returning to decorate his own house and yard with the stolen items. The next-door neighbor's decorations were also on display at Llewellyn's, but in the backyard. A resident who'd had his decorations stolen was driving around the neighborhood when he saw a familiar Christmas display in Llewellyn's yard and called the police. When police arrived with the search warrant, they also found several other items that had been reported stolen from around town. Both the front and back yards were filled with stolen lawn ornaments and Christmas decorations. It was like a decoration graveyard, one resident said. The couple admitted to stealing about $2,000 worth of decorations. Mrs. Grinch would then tell the cops that she had no idea the items were stolen. Every morning, he'd go for a walk at like 2 or 3, Carly said. Because everyone goes for a nice stroll at 3 a.m., right? And then there was just more stuff in the yard. I didn't know exactly where it all came from. However, she also said that her husband had been jailed in November for stealing Halloween decorations. A reporter then asked her, wouldn't that have raised her suspicions about the Christmas decorations he was bringing home? I didn't know what to do, you know. I didn't know if I called, if I was going to get in trouble myself or not, you know, because it was in my yard. Mm, Yeah. Police asked Llewellyn if he didn't feel bad for stealing from families at Christmas. And Christmas decorations, no less. He just laughed and said it didn't bother him at all. His wife confirmed this, telling reporters that she did confront him, but he shrugged it off, telling her, well, this is my job. Wait, maybe he is the Grinch. He also said that he didn't care how it affected other people. Both Llewellyn and Carly were arrested. Carly was released on bail, while Llewellyn remained in jail over Christmas. The stolen decorations were returned to their rightful owners. One woman in Chicago was also a holiday decoration thief, but she limited her thefts to items from nativity scenes. Over 32 items were found lined up in her front yard, including several baby Jesuses. Jesus? She was asked to return them, which she then did. That, my friends, is asking for some very bad mojo. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, sheesh. Hi, this is Charlie. And this is Ali from Insight, and we want to wish you a happy holidays. Happy holidays. Hi, I'm Cambo from True Crime Island, a great fan of Once Upon a Crime, wishing everyone a very happy festive season. This is Haley and Jess from Murder Road Trip. Wishing you a happy holiday and a great new year. Cheers! The next stories just fall under the category of people behaving badly, with and without the addition of alcohol and or drugs. In 2006, a mom in South Carolina had her son arrested for opening his Christmas presents early. The teen had been behaving badly in the weeks leading up to Christmas, and when he unwrapped his Game Boy before Christmas morning, well, that just landed on her last nerve. Apparently, a fight erupted between the two, and when officers arrived, they decided to take the boy in to give the mother and child a cooling-off period before he was returned home. 
no word on whether she returned his gift and replaced it with a lump of coal. In Canada, a man was arrested for telling children that Santa wasn't real. At a Christmas parade in Ontario, a man got drunk, flicked his hair into devil horns, and crashed the festivities, where he commenced trying to ruin the magic of a Christmas for the children in attendance. Parade-goers called the police, and he was arrested and charged with being drunk and disorderly. He's the Grinchy's second runner-up. In another parade-related story, 42-year-old David Allen Rogers volunteered to drive a Christmas float for a local dance studio in South Carolina. Rogers, it was found, drank a few beers before arriving to his float-driving duty. Everything began fine, with Rogers driving slowly along the parade route, while children in their dance costumes, including one of his own kids, and their adult instructors rode on the float. But at a certain point, he must have become impatient because he pulled out of line to pass a tractor. He then continued down Main Street at a high rate of speed, upwards of 60 miles an hour. He also ran a red light. A person on the float used their cell phone to call 911. Officers quickly caught up to Rogers and pulled the float over. He was found with an open container of alcohol and was charged with DUI, kidnapping, and assaulting an officer. In Chestertown, Maryland in 2006, another Christmas parade was ruined, this time by an unruly snowman. A man in a Frosty the Snowman costume became angry and took a swipe at a dog-handling officer when he was asked to move away from the crowd. 52-year-old Kevin Walsh scuffled with the officer and tried to kick his police dog before being placed in handcuffs and hauled off to jail. The man said he'd dressed as Frosty for the parade for 10 years, and he'd done nothing wrong. He was released on his own recognizance. After being released, his hat blew off, and he melted into a puddle of slush. It's bad enough when a child throws a tantrum when he or she doesn't get just what they wanted for Christmas, but when an adult does it? Well, that's just pathetic. 26-year-old Heath Blom got into a fistfight with his 24-year-old girlfriend because she gave him the wrong gift. Blom had reportedly asked for a remote-control airplane for Christmas, and when he opened his gift and saw it was a Nintendo Wii, he became enraged. The couple argued and then began a physical altercation. Police were called and the New Hampshire couple were arrested and spent the rest of their Christmas in the slammer. Then there's the story of the Charleston, South Carolina man who was sent to buy beer on Christmas Eve by his wife. When he returned empty-handed because the stores were closed due to the holiday, she became angry, grabbed a ceramic squirrel, which she proceeded to beat him with over the head. Her anger not yet spent, she then began stabbing him in the shoulder and chest with the squirrel. Police were called, and when they arrived and found the man covered in blood, 44-year-old Helen Williams told them that he'd fallen and cut himself. However, she could not explain when they asked why her hands and clothes were also bloody. Williams was arrested and charged with criminal domestic violence with a squirrel. Finally, here's an interesting turn of events. A CBS News headline in 2011 reads, Intruder enters Ohio home, decorates for Christmas. Terry Trent, age 44, was high on bath salts when he broke into a home in a Dayton, Ohio suburb and began hanging up holiday decorations. Trent entered the home through a back door and began decorating. He lit some candles on the coffee and kitchen tables and hung a Christmas wreath on the garage door. He then took a seat on the couch and turned on the television set loudly. Because of the noise, one of the home's residents, an 11-year-old boy, was alerted and found the stranger sitting in his living room. 
Trent then told the boy, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'll get my things and go. The boy then went next door to tell his mother, who was visiting a neighbor. Police were called and Trent was arrested without incident. Cops said he was very polite and cooperative, but he did have a history of drug offenses and was suffering from some mental issues. But they had to arrest him. It was only November 15th, and he was already putting up Christmas decorations, which is, as you know, against the law. Yeah, I wish. Hey, it's Vanessa with the cleaning of John Doe, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Stay awesome, guys. Hi, this is Roseanne from the California Dreaming Podcast, and I just wanted to take this time to wish you all a joyous holiday season and a very, very, very Happy New Year. Another Christmas without answers in the search for missing Pennsylvania 1987 woman Clara Pockets is anything but merry. This is me, John David Booter, of the podcast Done Disappeared, with me, John David Booter. Hoping, wishing, and praying we can all stay strong in this holiday season. Blessed be. That will do it for this episode of Once Upon a Crime. Next week will be the last episode of the year, and then I'll be off for two weeks to celebrate the holidays. But you won't want to miss this final episode, as I'll have a very special guest host who will be with me discussing the Scott and Lacey Peterson case. I hope you'll join me then. Stay tuned at the end of this episode for a message from JV. You may know him as Mixter Hyde about a very special podcast episode coming up on his podcast, Criminal Musings. Until next time, be good at Walmart, be full of holiday cheer, but don't get crazy, and be good to one another.